All right, good morning, everybody. Here we go again. It's another Sunday, and hopefully you've got your coffee and everything set aside, and you're ready to go get into some word this morning. We've uh, been going through some things to figure out what's next and what's going on with church, what's going on with the economy, what's going on with people, and uh, so we're going to we're going to approach some things as we begin to uh, see what's happening around us. Uh, we'll have a leaders meeting and things of that nature over over Zoom, and we're going to begin discussing church. Uh, last couple of days, I I had a name that hit my hit my heart, hit my mind, and. I've been thinking about it and been thinking about the account and looking at everything that is uh that deals with that account and uh obed edom and if you've gotten into any of the story at all where David went and got the ark and brought it back and the ark fell and Uzzah tried to catch it and um he died and then they dropped the ark off at obed edom's house. And it stayed with him for three months. But I was beginning to look at that and I began referencing this account with what's taking place now. What's what's happening now and what's going on with the church. Um, and I'm not going to try to get extremely theological here and and try to take it to the point of you know, we, we've mishandled uh, God's presence in the church. And we've taken, or God's taken this opportunity to allow us to handle his presence at home um, with ourselves. Because, I mean, I'm sure that many of you, you, you realize and understand, too, that it's, it's much easier to, to worship God and, and to to gather in his presence when there's other people around you and and how how much easier it is to do that type of thing and and I started wondering God what happens when what happens when that isn't available to us and and we do have to begin accepting and inviting your presence back into our homes I wonder how many of us have used church as the the visitation of God's presence and not the habitation of God's presence. And now that we've been forced to a point to where we've got to invite God into our homes, I wonder how many of us have experienced different things in our homes and we walk differently now um, in our homes and what we do and what we say. And, uh, so I want to get into this story a little bit. I just want to talk to it, I'll talk about it, um, just for a few moments, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to gain something out of this to help us. So if you've got your Bibles, we want to go ahead and start. I'm going to start in Second Samuel, chapter six. I'll give you time to get your Bible. Some of you left it under your coffee table, so you might as well lean down and get it. Um, also, we were visited the church uh, at the church this morning um, by a lady, and she was talking about her mother um, that comes to this church. 
Um, she's been having some complications this morning, and she's asking that that we we pray for her and keep her lifted up. Many of you know Harriet, and uh, so we want to keep her in our prayers and ask that God just touch her right where she is. Um, you know, it's 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 nothing like being being ill or struggling with illness, and no one's there for a physical touch. I mean, it gets complicated after a while, but. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go. 2 Samuel chapter 6, we'll start at verse 1. And it says, Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. You ought to underline that, highlight that, remember that. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah, Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps, of stringed instruments, tambourines, sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error and he died there by the ark of God and David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day David was afraid of the Lord that day and he said how can the ark of the Lord come to me so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David but David took it aside into the house of Obed Edom the Gittite the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed Edom the Gittite three months and the Lord blessed Obed Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went, brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. I wonder, you know, so many of us, we have different opportunities in our life to where we can experience, if you will, a blessing. But in the midst of having those opportunities to experience the blessing, many of us fail to experience the actual fruition of the blessing. There were some things that took place here, and we'll, we'll do a quick backdrop on 
what had happened here. David with Israel, they had taken out the Ark of the Covenant, taken it to the field on battle, and the Philistines had come and, and had whipped up on the Israelites for some time, and then they ended up stealing and taking the Ark of the Covenant. Well, they took the Ark of the Covenant, and when they had taken the Ark of the Covenant, they had begun to experience different deaths and plagues and adversities in life because they were obtaining the Ark of the Covenant improperly. And what we need to understand, the Ark of the Covenant at this time, was a, it was a symbol, it was a type of God's glory. It was a type of his presence. And, and here the Philistines were trying to, to receive and to take this, this presence of God. And they were taking it in such a manner that it was actually upsetting God. And God was releasing all of these other things onto the Philistines. And then when they had decided, hey, maybe we better not be holding on to this, let's give it back. Not only did they give it back, but they took other things and give with the ark. So here we are now, and David is deciding that he is going to bring this ark back into Jerusalem, back to the city of David. And as they go and they approach, they, they go out and they, they go with a new thing. They, they go with something different. They, they, they go to carry God's presence in a manner in which God's presence wasn't designed to be carried. And what I want you to understand this morning is that you can't just make up different ways to worship God. I know that is, what, that is what's being presented in the world, and, and we do it by smoke, and we do it by mirrors, and we do it by, by music, we do it by laser lights, we do it by, by noise, we, we, we do it all kinds of different ways for the attraction and in hopes of drawing but the problem is what we are drawing is we're drawing people and we're not drawing the presence of the Lord and and what took place here was David designed this new cart. He, he, was, he was presenting a, a new way of, of bringing and inviting God's presence back into the land. And, and the, only, the only way that I've been able to find in Scripture, there's only, there's only one way that we are able and that we are actually given authorization in worshiping God, and that is through sacrifice. See, you have to remember when it was Abraham and it was Isaac, and, and Abraham said that you stay here me and the boy, we, we go yonder to worship. And well, when he was going to worship, he was actually taking his son under, under the direction of God and sacrificing his son back to God. But while he was going and walking in the obedience of that sacrifice, God ended up supplying the sacrifice. But there was no worship without sacrifice. Hannah, Hannah was another. Hannah was worshiping God. And, and as she began to worship God and get into the the presence of God she she made sacrifice to God she said if and only if you would give me a son I would turn and give my son back to you she was making a sacrifice she was worshiping God and it was the same with the Israelites when the Israelites would come to the tabernacle to the tent of meetings and when they came to worship God they came and they brought sacrifice and that is what God is calling the church to now have we not understood have we not been able to grab a heaven's, a heaven's perspective 
on our earthly experience, what we're doing right now. God is wanting us to sacrifice. God is wanting us to go above and beyond, not just come to church on a Sunday and just and just visit with God, but God wants us to sacrifice and be at the, be at our homes and, and invite him into our homes that he may inhabit with us and that he may dwell in our house, in our homes personally. But I think we've gotten away with a lot of that stuff. We, we've done away with it. We've moved it to the side and, and we have focused more on corporate gatherings than we have on personal and intimate times with Jesus. So this morning, I'm, 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 I'm begging the church, I'm begging the church that we turn and we move away from this. It is a facade of worship. And that we end up coming into the presence of God through our sacrifice. It's not always comfortable it doesn't always make sense. It's not always easy. But God is calling us to a different place. You know, I, I see all this and I, I'm reading all this and hearing all this and everybody's talking about the quarantine, the quarantine, the quarantine. You know what? I would rather that we begin to look at it as a cocoon, not a quarantine because here's what happens. See, when we are when we are pushed and we are placed in a position, and I, I believe that God is using this time right now to strengthen his people. He's, he's using this time now to draw faith from his people the ones that say they have faith this is a time that we are being tested in do we really have the faith that we are calling forth to everyone that we have are we actually walking in this faith or are we actually just mouthing it where the Bible says that their, their lips they worship me but their hearts are far from me I wonder if we are in that place now and we are, we are being wrapped up in a cocoon see we need to wrap ourselves in God's presence and we need to use this time that it will begin to strengthen us that we begin once once this time takes place it's like the caterpillar when the caterpillar wraps itself up it begins to struggle it struggles in its adversity and while it's struggling it is strengthening so we begin we become more stronger we become we become strengthened in our adversity so that when we walk out, when we bust open the cocoon, we come out beautiful. We're not coming out as the same thing that we were when we went in. And that's what the excitement is. This is what's going to take place in the church. The ones that are actually taking and, 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 and causing this thing to be purposed in their heart and in their life. I want to come off of this stage. But when they come and they start, they, they wrap themselves in God's presence and they use this time to become more strengthened and to dig their roots down into God's word and their spirits become lifted their spirits become strengthened when they burst forth from the cocoon that is when revival will take place it starts at home it starts in you and what God is doing right now he is using the adversity of what we face and what we walk in today he is using that to strengthen us I don't know if you've ever climbed mountains before but the higher up you go the less the oxygen is and it's harder for you to be able to breathe as you go so you have to train in order to climb Mount Everest you're going to have to train you're going to have to climb these smaller mountains in order to get to that place and what's going to take place in this time that we're experiencing right now is when we come out of this thing we're going to come out of this thing strengthened and we're going to come out of this thing in full force and we're going to be able to take back what they think that 
that they have taken from us, what, 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 what people are talking about that the enemy may have stolen, we're going to take back these things because we're coming out with a fresh mind. We're coming out with a strong heart. We're coming out with strength and faith. But this is the time that we need to use and utilize. And I haven't lost my place because there was a purpose in Obed-Edom. There was something that he done that we have to do as Christian people right now. See, there was an adverse situation that took place that caused God to be taken from Israel. And when God was taken from Israel, in order for him to come back, there had to be an invitation. And when they brought God, when they brought the ark to Obed-Edom's house, Obed-Edom had to make a decision. See, you've got to understand, man, I, I, I try to put myself in the midst of this conversation. And, and it's not just by happenstance that I believe Obed-Edom was actually chosen for the ark to stay because he was a gatekeeper. He was a gatekeeper of the south gate. And he was, he was in charge, he and his family, they were in charge of overseeing all of the fine things inside the temple, including the ark, the gold and the silver and things like that. You can find that in Chronicles. But he, he was overseer. He was an overseer. So he understood. He understood what it took to actually engage into the presence of God. It wasn't just by happenstance that David stopped by one day and said, Here, I want you to, I want you to watch over the Ark of the Covenant. And Obed-Edom not really know what he was walking into. Obed-Edom knew exactly what was going to take place, just like you and I. When we invite Jesus, when we invite God's presence into our home, we, we know, we've been taught, we have experienced, and we understand that when we invite his presence into our house we are not going to be forsaken we're not going to be begging for bread we're not going to be left out I'm hearing story after story after story where people that have walked away from the church and have gone home because we've been forced to that they have been allowing God now to enter into their home more so now than they have in the past and that now they're starting to experience these uncommon blessings in the time and the moments that we all should be setting back and shrinking back in fear and poverty and lack of hope and issues and problems and sickness. We're standing and we're gathered up in God's presence and we're experiencing health. We're experiencing wholeness. We're experiencing financial breakthroughs. We're experiencing God's presence in a manner that we have not experienced up to this point. But Obed-Edom, he made a decision that day. He said, I'll look after the ark. I'll look after it. Bring the ark in. Man, I can hear David talking to him now and saying, but, you know, I want you to look after it. This is what's happened. I was going to bring it home. God killed my friend. Obed-Edom had a choice. He had a choice to make. Would he allow the opinions of others to dictate his decisions about his faith? And he made that choice that day. He said, I'll watch over him. I'll take him in. I'll make sure that he's comfortable 
I wonder how many, I wonder how many of us are, are making God comfortable in our homes. How many of us make him feel welcomed? Can I tell you that uncommon blessings that we experience because in this time, man, I would have been, I would have been a little bit disturbed if David would have brought me the ark and told me what he had told him. I'm not sure that I could have made that same decision at that point in time. Man, if God's killing people, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. But instead, he, he had experienced God. He, he knew what it was to, I don't want to use the word shelter, but he, he knew what it was to shelter the presence. He knew what it was to protect the presence of God from outside. <laughs> I wonder how many of us are able to protect God's presence in our home from outside circumstance. My God, my prayer is that you that you gain a heaven perspective. That you can look on this and you can see this in a different manner than you've ever seen it before. That you can that you can see God's hand on your life, on your family, on your home, on your health, on your finances. You can see the uncommon blessings, the blessings in, in, in adverse situations. And when, when we all should be struggling and we're, we're, we're boasting on God because of what he's doing in our life, I believe that God is, I'm not going to say he has created this this situation or this circumstance, but I am saying that God has taken this opportunity and using it for the church to bring the church back from just a a corporate gathering, just a just a moment of worship and and inviting us back into a life experience. Not just part-time. God doesn't want part-time custody. He wants full custody. And I wonder how many of us are allowing that to enter into our homes today. That we, too, are finding that, that blessing of what God's got for us and what He's, what he's doing in and through each of us right now. It's the, un, it's the uncommon blessing. It's the blessing that catches us off guard. But see, there, this is what happens when, when we begin to stand in Christ and we, and we stand with God. No matter, no matter what, we choose and we make the decision to stand with God and we begin because of past experiences with God we begin experiencing newness of God because it's not really a surprise to us that God would be that one 
that God would be the God that would bless his people that God would be the one that would carry his people in famine. He, he tells us in Scripture that, that he will make rivers in the desert, in the dry places. He would make rivers. Just through our obedience, just through our love and, and our understanding of who our Father truly is and what he's about. We get to experience the uncommon blessings, the, the, the blessings that others aren't experiencing because they're wavering. We experience because we are steadfast, because we're rooted, because we, we trust God at all costs. We go above and beyond anything. To spend time with God, it's going to take your sacrifice to worship God. It doesn't come any other way. It won't come any other way. There, there's no new way to get God's presence. The Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun, so there's, there's no new way to worship God. Man, I wonder if this is what God is doing. I wonder if this is God's intent right now for His people and His, and his church is to, to recognize Him as someone that abides with them and not just someone that visits them. See, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't, my, my heart doesn't yearn for a visitation from God. My, my, my heart yearns for habitation with God. I, I want to be in God's presence all the time. I, I want to be able to recognize God's hand at work all the time. I want to be able to have heaven's perspective on my earthly experience all the time. I don't want to be confused by what's taking place outside, and I don't want to make decisions based on opinionated people of what they think might take place or what they think might happen. I want to be able to have a divine perspective and be able to know that within, without a shadow of a doubt that God's Word, it actually says what it means, and it means what it says, and He says, I will not forsake thee, I will not leave thee, I will stay with thee, I will be your God. And, and this is what we need to start understanding in the church. Church, we have to get ready. Because we're on the verge, we're on the verge of the breakout. We're on the verge of coming out of that cocoon. We're, we're on the verge from, from coming, from going in, crawling to coming out flying. And we've got to be ready. We've got to get our mind focused. We've got to get our hearts together. We've got to come in one mind and one accord. If we want to see revival broke out in the church as it was, then we have to do as they did and we have to begin to worship God for who He is, not for what He does. And we can't do it a new way. We've got to bring sacrifice when we go to worship. Well, Pastor, what 
what is that sacrifice? Do I have to kill animals? No. Do I have to give my children back? No. But we just dedicate our children now. And we don't have to worry about putting animals on the altar for sacrifice because God was able to do that through his son. And he laid that perfect lamb upon the altar. And his sacrifice is what made it all happen for me. So we don't have to do any of that now. But our, our sacrifice now the Bible says that we are to make ourselves a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That means that in all that we do, we do with Him. In all that we say, we say for Him. In all that we are, we are for Him. Everything that we go through and everything that we're challenged with in life, how are we glorifying His name in the midst of it? Do we back off? Do we run and hide in fear and, and tuck our heads and tuck our tails and just run and, and hope that one day God will just intervene? Can I tell you that God is intervening? Can I tell you that God is, is just as present now, if not more so now, than he was then? God is always always in the midst God is there in the midst of trouble he's there in the midst of prosperity he's there in the midst of sickness God is there and I'm asking you this morning have you been like Obed-Edom and have you made the decision not based on the opinions of others because he could have done that. He could have said, well, David, I don't, I, I, don't want, I don't want no part of that because of what you said. I, I, I'd rather not be in the, in the midst of that. But instead, he said, I'll take him in. I'll watch over the ark. I'll shelter the presence of the Lord. I won't allow outside things to penetrate I'll protect, I'll keep, and I'll bring him in. And through his past experiences with God from being the gatekeeper and, and an overseer and an overwatcher of, of the, the ark and all of the, the fine things in the temple, he said, if I bring him in, I already know what happens. It wasn't unexpected blessings it was uncommon blessings it was uncommon because nobody else was experiencing those blessings they had God's presence the Philistines had God's presence but they didn't get the blessings they they just they had the ark but they didn't have God oh they, we've got the church, <laughs> but we don't have God. They had the ark, but they didn't have God. And, and they fell into curse. They fell into sickness. They fell into death. And then David decided that, hey, I'm going to bring back God's presence, and I'm going to bring it back in a new way, a new fashion, a new form. And he found out that there's only one way to bring him back. And he had to sit back for a moment. And after realizing that Obed-Edom was being blessed in his home, David said, we must go get the ark. Don't allow everything outside to infiltrate 
what God wants to do on the inside. Wrap yourself in a cocoon today. Pull yourself together. Wrap God's presence around you. Allow the pressures of life to to strengthen you. That when we burst from the cocoon, we come out, we come out flying, we come out more beautiful than we did when we went in. God help us all. Some of us need it. So today my, my question is this. Will you be an Obed-Edom and will you allow God to come and rest in your home? And will you vow to protect him and will you vow to look after him and, and to cherish and to, to be intimate with him and to, to hold that relationship? If you're that person, I, I, would, I would vow to say that you too will experience uncommon blessings. There's going to be some of us that are going to come out of this thing and we're, we're coming out, we're not even going to be smelling like the thing that was when we went in and we're, we're, we're not going to be beaten down and trotted and we're going to come out of this thing strong and victorious and, and ready to run the race. We're, we're, we're trying to come through the gates right now. We, we are at the gates. We, we are like that bull that wants to get out. And we're just, we're thrashing and thrushing and, and kicking and snorting and blowing. And Are you ready for that? Are you going to be the one that comes out wide open? Because listen, I, I believe that God is bringing us to another place in Him. I don't like to say a level because God is multi dimensional but I think that God is wanting us to to be brought to a different level and in order for us to maintain the level that he wants or the to maintain that position or to maintain that dimension that he's bringing us into we're going to have to be strengthened and ready to run at that at that height see when we went in we were running at this height God's wanting to bring out a church, man. Look, look at the Israelites. When the Israelites went into captivity, they grew in numbers and strength. What is happening to the church? We're going to grow in numbers. I, I believe this with everything in me. We will, see, we will see an influx in the church. We will see a people that have turned away once before turn back to God. We're going to see people that have not experienced God, experience God in a different way, in a different fashion now than they've ever seen or heard about. And we're going to be in a different place with God. But we have to be, we have to be conditioned for that spot. In order, in order to walk, in order to, in order to camp out on Mount Everest, you're going to have to be ready for that. You can't just walk up there and sleep overnight. You've got to be ready. You've got to be strengthened. So I encourage you today to, to get ready, to, to be strengthened. Don't run and hide and don't, don't be in fear. But stand in boldness. Stand in boldness. Because I believe that God's doing a thing for us. He's, do, he's doing something different for us. And I would fear that we miss it. So today, invite the presence of God into your home. Allow Him to come and sit. Allow Him to come and, and stay a while. And watch for the uncommon blessings.
Maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ. You don't even know what's going on with this God thing. And you, you've never experienced God before. I, I, I would pray today that God's Spirit would convict your heart today. That, that it would change your mind. That it would change your perspective. That it would change the way you look at things. That it would change the way you hear things. And it would draw you closer to Him. I want to pray with you before we go. And Man, I'm excited about what God's doing. And I hope today that somewhere in this message you'll, you'll extract something and you'll understand that worshiping God is more important than anything that we could ever do. So today I, I pray that your family would be enlightened. That your eyes of your understanding, that they would be open, that you would be able to see a heavenly perspective in your earthly circumstances and situations. That you would be able to, to recognize and to, and to call forth God's hand in, in adverse situations. I speak protection over your family, over your finances, over your home, over your health. May God flourish you and, and may he multiply himself in you as you make way and as you open up your door and allow him to come and, and rest and be comfortable in your house. Make Jesus comfortable today. We love you. We speak blessings over you and your family. Soon and very soon, we're going to get back together. We love you. God bless you.